My name is Aaron Koonsman. I am uh, one of the pastors here. Our senior pastor, Nathan Detweiler, he is on vacation this week. Uh, so he's spending some time with extended family. He will be back next week. Uh, but for this week, I'm, I'm filling in for him a little bit. Um, as a congregation, we've been going through the Mission 119 study app, which is basically an app that we've been using to help us as a congregation to read through the whole Bible in just under a two-year period of time. Um, the intent of the app is to help Christians to develop a regular pattern in their lives, a pattern of study and of reading God's Word, uh, to make this a habitual thing. So regularly we are digesting God's Word, um, and also throughout this uh, whole study we can get a much broader understanding of Scripture. So we've been going through that. The sermon series have been associated with that. Uh, we just finished week 23 in that. If you're interested in starting up, there's no time that's too late to start up. So you can come talk to me afterwards. You can talk to someone in the office or perhaps even the person sitting next to you and they can get you hooked up on how to get all that stuff working. Um, so this week we just finished reading in the book of Acts. Um, prior to doing Mission 119 though, we did a whole study on the book of Acts. So rather than going and revisiting Acts, um, I'm going to draw our attention to the other part of the, the reading for this week, which was in the book of Joshua, which is in the Old Testament. Uh, specifically, we're going to look in Joshua chapter 1. Um, if you have a Bible, you can turn there now. If you do not have a Bible, uh, there's some in the back. The ushers can give you one if you just want to raise your hands. Um, there's also, uh, just as we're kind of going along, I don't have any PowerPoint slides today, but um, there's a little insert inside your bulletin that has all the scripture references I'm going through and some room for some notes if you want to take notes as well. Uh, so Joshua chapter 1, um, and we'll get there in just a, a few minutes here. So as you've read through the Bible, um, and, and maybe it's been, you know, when we as a congregation have read through the Bible, maybe it's your own reading, um, particularly when you look at some stuff in the Old Testament, especially when you're reading through, through some of the Old Testament law, um, you might have had several you know, thoughts kind of jump through your mind um, as, as you've just been reading some of these parts of Scripture that you may not have ever read before. You know, maybe you think some stuff is really interesting uh, or unusual or odd. Um, sometimes there's stuff that you read in there that's really unexpected. But maybe you've also had this kind of blunt sort of thought run through your head that maybe you've tried to suppress a little bit, but you've kind of asked yourself, why does it really matter that I'm reading this stuff? I mean, it, it, you know, what, what is the, the value in learning some of these things? Um, why do we need to know all these rules that the nation of Israel needed to follow? Why does it matter what they could eat and couldn't eat? Um, how they were supposed to go to war, how they were supposed to be setting up the tabernacle and offering sacrifices. Um, why does it matter that we know what the purification rituals look like? You know, does it really matter? I mean, most of us recognize that we're not really expected to do a lot of these things today. Um, and, you know, we, we don't do a lot of these things. So why does it matter if we're familiar with these parts of Scripture? And I think that many of us can relate to these types of questions that we, we may ask as we're, as we're doing our readings. And we may especially come across those questions when we look at the first five books of the Bible. Because not only is this stuff foreign to us, it's foreign to us culturally, because there's thousands of years of separation of culture between the time that this stuff was written down and for us today, but also just as 21st century Christians, we just don't 
you know, as I already said, we just don't really do a lot of this stuff. So why does it matter? So this morning, um, my hope is, is that we're reading in Joshua chapter 1 that I'll be able to give some help in answering that question. So Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. I'll read, and you can feel free to follow along in your, your Bibles. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So the book of Joshua is actually picking up right after the end of the book of Deuteronomy. And we're not going to go back and look at the book of Deuteronomy. But if you were to flip back a couple of pages, you would see that what was going on there was this transfer of power. Moses had been the leader of the nation of Israel. And the power of the leadership was being transferred to Joshua. And that transitions very nicely into what we just read in Joshua chapter 1. In the first verse where it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and that goes into what we just read, and, and Joshua is now being given instruction from God. And then we just read in verses 1 through 6 how God was about to send the entire nation of Israel into the promised land. And they're going to do that first by crossing the River Jordan. And God was going to be with Joshua, and he was going to be with the nation of Israel, just like he was with Moses. And he was going to give them success. And then we read in verses 7 through 9 how God tells Joshua and the people that they're to be careful to do everything that he had previously told Moses to do and the people under Moses to do in accordance with the law. And in doing so, in following and obeying, they would be successful. And this is what I want to focus on today because I think it directly addresses this question that sometimes comes up in our mind of why does it really matter if we're familiar with some of these Old Testament laws. And specifically, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. So I'm going to read that to you again. Chapter 1, verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Let's pray. Lord, um, you have a message for us this morning. And God, I just pray that um, you would work through what I have prepared to share your word and your truth with all of us today. Help it to rest on our hearts. Help it to transform us, Lord, so that we may want to walk more closely with you. Teach us, Lord. Help us to obey. 
Help us to follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to break down what this verse is actually talking about. Okay, and to do that, I've got uh, three points this morning. Uh, three points that are going to talk to us about how God was telling Joshua and the nation of Israel to approach Scripture, and then what God, in turn, is telling us as Christians that our mindset should be with respect to the Bible, and then why approaching Scripture in this way is important. So I want to start again at the beginning of this verse, where it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. Now, at the time that this was written down, there was no compiled Bible. There were some things written, okay, but the Bible that we have today, I mean, some of it's, you know, was way into the future at the time when these words were being spoken. So there were some things. God had been speaking to Moses. He'd been speaking to him ever since the burning bush, and God told Moses to write those things down. So over the course of many years, Moses had been compiling all of these things that God had been teaching him and teaching the nation of Israel included things like the Ten Commandments, um, and, and like I said, all this stuff was compiled into some writing. It actually talks about this in Deuteronomy chapter 13. I'm just going to read this to you. Deuteronomy, uh, sorry, Deuteronomy 31 in verse uh, 24. It says, after Moses finished writing in a book the words of this law from beginning to end, he gave this command to the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Take this book of the law and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. There will remain as a witness against you. Okay, and so this is the book of the law, along with many other things that Moses wrote down, that comprise of what we now have in the first five books of our Old Testament in the Bible. And this is what is being spoken of in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It is this book of the law that was to always be on the lips of the nation of Israel. And it's what they were to meditate on day and night. So what does that mean? What does it mean for something to be on your lips? And what does it mean to meditate on something? Well, the phrase on your lips has also been translated as not depart from your mouth, to study continually, to always read in your worship, and to not cease being part of your conversations. And this word meditate has also been translated as to recite or to study or to memorize. And so altogether here, Joshua is being told that he and the nation of Israel are to engage in regular, diligent study and memorization and sharing with each other about this book of the law. And through that, this book of the law is to become very familiar to all of them. And so I want to full, pull the uh, first two points for us this morning out of this first part of this verse. So the first point with respect to what the Christian mindset should be with respect to the Bible. The first point is that we are to maintain a familiarity with Scripture, or to maintain a familiarity with Scripture. And I want to take a look at this same principle from a passage in the New Testament. And I want to look at 2 Timothy, um, which is a letter that was written by Paul. It was written to his young disciple Timothy, and we're going to look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. And I'll just read it if you don't want to turn there, but you can turn there if you want. Paul says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this passage is encouraging the use of all scripture to do these things, teaching, correcting, rebuking, okay? It's encouraging all of those things. Um, 
so for example, me teaching this morning and sharing this message, this is actually part of that process. I'm helping all of us here become familiar with these particular parts of scripture. And this is in line with what Joshua was being told to do and what Joshua was doing with the nation of Israel um, as he was told to share the parts of scripture that were familiar to him. And he was to share that with the nation of Israel so they would also in turn become familiar with scripture. So we see sort of a continuity here. We have an Old Testament passage speaking of this. We have some New Testament. Um, and this is what the nation of Israel to do uh, was to do. And in the New Testament, Paul is telling Timothy to do that and Timothy's followers to do that. And so in turn, we can kind of see how this also is applicable for us today. This is God's calling, whether it's New Testament, Old Testament, all of its scripture, all of its God-breathed, and thus it's all important for us to be familiar with, that it be on our lips, that it not depart from our mouths, that we study it continually, that we read it in our worship, and that it not cease being part of our conversations. But the original question wasn't what we should do with scripture. I mean, I think that kind of makes sense to us that we are to be familiar with scripture. But our original question is, why? Why does familiarity with scripture really even matter? Well, part of that question was already answered just from reading 2 Timothy. Because part of the reason for us to be familiar with scripture is so that we can be taught. If we misunderstand something, those things can be corrected. If we're going astray in some way, we can be rebuked. And we can be trained by scripture and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So familiarity with scripture allows the Bible, which is God's word, to speak into our lives so that we can know what God is telling us to do and how to go about doing those things. We learn what his direction is from scripture for us as Christians. And we can also learn what some of the principles are behind some of this scripture in the Old Testament in particular that may apply to our lives even if some of the black and white portions do not directly apply. So there's still principles behind these things that very much apply. For example, um, the reason why it's important for us to learn about the rituals of, of sacrifice for sins in the Old Testament is because Jesus is our perfect atoning sacrifice. The laws about sacrifice for sin didn't go away, even though we don't perform sacrifice for sins today. Okay, so it doesn't happen today, but those laws are still active, and they are perfectly met through Jesus Christ. And the only way we can understand that is to actually become familiar with what Scripture says about sacrifice for sins. But it's important that we don't just stop with trying to look at Scripture and learn things only about what God is telling us to do or how God is telling us to apply scripture in our own lives. Because the focus of Christianity is not just about us becoming better people. God, of course, calls us to be holy. He calls us to be righteous. He tells us what's right and wrong. But Christianity really is about God, okay? More so really than it is about us. And it's important in our, you know, sort of self-centered, self-help society that we don't try and make everything predominantly about us. God does need to be the primary focus. So with that understanding, I would suggest that what is more important than learning what God wants us to do or to not do is actually learning about who God actually is. What is his nature? So maybe we as modern day Christians don't really need to follow all these laws that talk about purity or, or dietary laws 
But what does the fact that those laws actually exist tell us about who God is? I mean, again, Scripture is God's Word. The fact that God cared enough to put them into Scripture should tell us something about His character and His nature. Scripture is God's Word. It tells us who He is. And this is very important for us to, under, for us to understand if we really want to know God, if we really want to have a relationship with Him. So our first point, again, is that Christians are to maintain a familiarity with Scripture. And we're to do this on a regular basis. And the reason that we do this is first so that we can come to know what God is calling us to do, all right? But also, secondly, more importantly, so that we can know who God is, all right? So not only to know um, what God is calling us to do, but also to know who God actually is. So let's revisit the verse again for our second point for this morning. Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, Meditate on it day and night. Now, we already talked about familiarity with Scripture, but I did make mention that there are some other aspects to this part of the verse, okay? Something that is really going a little bit beyond familiarity here. We talked about how this passage is also speaking to study, to meditation on, and the memorization of Scripture. Like I said, this is beyond just a, a mere familiarity, okay? Familiarity is like hearing this message today or maybe listening to Christian radio, reading a devotional, listening to Mission 119. Um, but when it comes to actual study, meditation, and memorizing, that's taking what we have heard and really digesting those things, pondering those things, cross-checking it with other scripture, reciting these things to yourself throughout the day, and maybe even praying what Scripture says. This is kind of like the difference between knowing, you know, from your familiarity with Scripture that God is a merciful God. So it's the difference between that and being able to quote chapter and verse or specific examples in the Bible that show God's mercy. Okay, so it's beyond that familiarity. So our second point in response to the question of what should the Christian mindset be with respect to the Bible is that Christians are to study, memorize, and meditate on God's word. And this is really actually the, the flip side of that 2 Timothy 3.16 passage that we looked at earlier. Because scripture is used to teach us, it's used to rebuke us, correct us, to train us, okay? And these things are done by making us familiar with what scripture says. However, what happens when you need to be the person who is teaching someone these things. And, and perhaps you've experienced this, okay? You know, someone teaches you something, you feel like you, you got it, you know all about it, but then in turn, now you have to turn around and answer somebody else's questions, and it requires a whole new level of understanding for you to be able to do that. For example, somebody was to, you know, teach you about the human eye, all right, and you feel like you've got it, but maybe someone wants to ask you, well, you know, how, how does the eye work in a you know, very specific way? You know, why does the, the image flip itself upside down? And suddenly you got to go talk to somebody else or crack open another book because, you know, you thought you knew, but you realize you don't really understand. So you have to do further study to, to get to the point where you're really able to teach effectively. And the point here is that familiarity is great and it's necessary, but really we're called to go beyond just a familiarity with Scripture. Because in order to be the ones to speak into the lives of other people, which we're all called to do, 
okay? We have to have more than just a familiarity with Scripture. And not that we can do that with every aspect of the Bible or every part of Christianity, but at a minimum, we should at least be looking to do that with the gifts that God has given us and the Scripture that's related to those things. So, for example, if God has given you the gift of prophecy, it's important that you understand what does Scripture say about prophecy, to have a good grounding in those things. Same thing goes if you have a gift of hospitality or mercy, exhortation, tongues, you know, whatever it is, it's important that we have a good solid grounding in Scripture and a full understanding of what the Bible teaches about these things. Sometimes we don't realize the full extent of our gifts because we don't really understand what the Bible says about them. And sometimes the gifts get abused or misused because, again, we don't really understand what the Bible says and what God is saying about them. So familiarity is great, but it's better, if possible, when we can do more than have a vague understanding of Scripture, and that's to the ultimate end so that we can be in a position to not just receive those things spoken about in 2 Timothy, but we're actually able to give them as well, to speak into the lives of other people. So the second point here is that Christians, like the nation of Israel, are to study, memorize, and meditate on God's word. But why? You know, I mean, why is the ultimate question again? You know, that's what we were asking in, in the beginning. And to be frank, I, I think that many of us feel like we get along just fine with the familiarity with Scripture and with Google, basically. Okay? Because many of us are familiar enough with what Scripture says that when some question or issue comes up and we need to have an answer that we just don't have in our own heads, that we just... Google the answer, okay? And we get a specific verse or we get an explanation, okay? But unfortunately, that doesn't really accomplish all that it should. I mean, it's a shortcut, but we're really missing out on some things if we don't adopt our own study and memorization meditation on Scripture. And although we may not recognize this to be true in, our, in the area of Christianity, we, we do know this to be true from other areas in our lives. I mean, sure, we could teach somebody anything by just reading out of a book. However, we know that we can teach so much better when we've mastered whatever that subject is, whatever that area or that discipline is, that we can teach out of our own expertise and our own experience. And then we're able to tackle those problems as they arise. We're actually able to recognize them for what they are, rather than first having to consult a book or talk to somebody else, or maybe even just missing it entirely, because we're not an expert. You know, the calling is, and, and we can teach better if we are actually an expert in these areas. I mean, how many people here, okay, have tried to self-diagnose their medical problems from the internet? Anybody? Anybody? So how did that work out for you? Okay, I mean, you show up to the emergency room, oh, I'm having a heart attack. No, you just don't work out, and you aren't used to breathing hard, so that's your problem, okay? I mean, doctors don't generally consult the internet or books as their first go-to way of diagnosing health problems, okay? They've become experts in their field. They've mastered an understanding of, of the human body and of medical knowledge, and they can use that to immediately and effectively diagnose problems when they come across them, okay? They don't know everything, of course, but they know enough to be knowledgeable experts in their field. So the question is, is do you want to be a WebMD Christian or do you want to be a doctor of medicine Christian, okay? 
What about the difference between someone who has no knowledge or experience of cooking beyond maybe following a, you know, a couple recipes here or there, and someone who is a professional chef who's studied culinary arts? An experienced chef knows how to create the flavors they want in a dish because they've mastered an understanding of spices and of foods and of cooking techniques. If something's not quite right, okay, they don't typically first go run to a book or run to the internet to try and correct that problem. And they didn't memorize a million different ways of trying to solve every conceivable problem that they might come across with food. But they know based on their understanding of foods, their experience with things, okay, does something need a little bit of salt? Does it need a lot of salt? Does it need sugar? Does it need to be cooked down? Does it need more time on the grill? Okay. Master chef knows how to make a dish because they live and breathe the foods that they're creating. A person with little knowledge or experience with food, you know, they might know that something doesn't taste right, but they're gonna have a very hard time fixing a problem by simply going to the internet or going to a book. So do you wanna be a Kraft macaroni and cheese Christian or a master chef Christian, okay? So Google really does not, does not cut it. Now, I wanna emphasize that this is not about becoming a biblical scholar. It's not sitting down and you know, memorizing a million commentaries and doing all this study. I mean, it could be, but, but it's not necessarily that. Because a real big part of this is about the meditation and memorization of scripture, which technically don't even require the ability to read. I mean, people have been doing this for thousands of years. In fact, I think the memorization and meditation on scripture is often the most neglected part of this, and perhaps in many cases even more important than the study. So to answer the why question, why study, why memorize, why meditate on scripture, rather than just stopping at familiarity with scripture, and we've already answered the first part of this, is that we should at a minimum develop a full understanding of the giftings that God has given us so that as experts, not Googlers, as experts we can speak into the lives of other people. Okay, this is the other side of that application of 2 Timothy 3.16 that we read about. But there's something else that the study, and in particular the meditation and memorization, does to us and for us. And that's that it opens up a way for God to transform our hearts. For example, okay, you might know that somewhere in Scripture it, it says that we shouldn't get drunk on alcohol. All right, And that's perhaps from your familiarity with Scripture, that, that it says that in there. And maybe you seek to follow it, maybe you don't, okay? If you haven't studied it out, you may wonder, eh, is, that, you know, is that even applicable for us? You know, what was the context? And maybe you just sort of shelved that in the back of your mind because it just seems to be another piece of information that doesn't necessarily concern you at the moment. But what if you studied out the passage in Ephesians 5.18, which says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Well, what would study do? Why does Scripture say getting drunk leads to debauchery? What's debauchery? Why is getting drunk being contrasted to something totally opposite of being filled with the Spirit? What does that tell us about our behavior choices? How would this type of study affect our obedience? So study leads us down this type of path. Well, what about if in theory, we memorized and meditated on this same one verse and we read it to ourselves. Let's say we read it to ourselves every day for a month. 
what might change in our lives. Now, maybe you're not much of a drinker, so that first part of the passage may not really have much of a significance to you. However, what would the impact be of just focusing on that part of that passage that says, instead, be filled with the Spirit? What impact would that have on you if you were reading that every single day, that this was God's calling? How would that type of meditation affect our behavior? So the study of Scripture helps us to develop a proper understanding of what Scripture is saying, which is vital, of course, for teaching and for leading and finding proper direction. But the meditation and memorizing of Scripture, these are important because they play a major role in helping God to shape us, to conform us to what his word is saying and what his truth is. Because when we're, we're meditating on something, we can't just put these truths on the back shelf of our minds and kind of ignore them until convenient, which is, I think we're all probably guilty of on some level. But instead, every day, we have to look it right in the face and say, God, your way or my way? So the second point is that Christians are to study, memorize, and meditate on God's word. And the reason why we are to do this, the first part is here, is so that we can be the ones to speak into the lives of other people. So we can be the lives to speak in, we can be the ones to speak into the lives of other people and so that we can open up a way for God to transform our hearts. So this passage reveals two things about what our mindset should be towards scripture. And hopefully I've been able to bring out a couple points on this um, and what the Bible says in other, parts, uh, in other parts of Scripture related to this. But our third point this morning is tied directly to what this passage in particular is saying about this. So I want to revisit the, the passage again here. Joshua 1.8, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So this verse is telling the nation of Israel and us to be familiar with the law and to meditate and study on the law for the ultimate goal that we can be equipped to be careful to do everything that is written in the law. They, like us, have to know what's in the law before they and we can do it. So reading the scripture, becoming familiar with it, studying it, meditating on it, memorizing it, it's not only about knowing what God is calling us to do or to not do. It's not just learning about who God is, which, like I said, is extremely important. It's not just so that we can speak into the lives of other people. And it's not only so that God can transform our hearts. It's also, ultimately, so that we will be obedient to what Scripture says, and through that, we will have success. Listen to this passage from James chapter 1. Uh, this is 22 through 25. And, and James is contrasting in this passage simply listening to the word of God versus listening to it and doing what it says. So James 1, starting in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So the call of James here is not just hear what Scripture has to say, but to actually follow through and do what it is saying. 
So today we are expected to obey the law of God, that, the law of God that he has for us. And sometimes it is the black and white of what the law actually is saying. Sometimes it's more the, the principles behind the law itself. And sometimes the law is really just teaching us about who God is. But the only way we're going to learn what to obey and how to obey it is through becoming familiar with God's word and through study and through meditation. And by obeying God's word, we will be prosperous and successful. And this isn't a prosperity gospel kind of thing where, you know, you, you do all this stuff, you be obedient, and suddenly you're going to be rich and famous, okay? Prosperity and success look many different ways in scripture. Uh, specifically in the book of Joshua, God was telling Joshua and the nation of Israel, if you're obedient, you're going to be victorious as you're entering into the promised land. There were a lot of battles that were in front of them, a lot of things that they were going to be called to do. And God was saying, if you're obedient, you'll be successful in all of these accomplishments as I give you this new territory. But we also have the example of Jesus, okay, who was perfectly obedient, yet Jesus suffered and died on the cross. Now that's the ultimate victory, but obviously that looks very different. And we as followers of Christ know that if we too follow Jesus, okay, our ultimate reward awaits us in heaven as co-heirs with Christ. So to recap here, our first point is that Christians are to maintain a familiarity with scripture, with God's word, and we are to do this on a regular basis. The reasons why is that we know what God is calling us to do, but more importantly, so that we know who God is. And our second point was that Christians are to study, memorize, and meditate on God's word. And we do that so that we can, in turn, be able to speak into the lives of other people. And also, as part of that, we can let the word of God actually transform our hearts. This is that, that meditation piece. And the third point here is that we do all of these things ultimately so that we can be obedient to God's word. So this is why reading and studying and meditating on even the most odd and unusual and parts of scripture that you may not normally look at, this is why it's important. This is why it matters that we become familiar with all of scripture. Because if we don't do this, we may be missing part of who God is. We may be missing part of how he is directing his people. And perhaps, as a result, we may be unable to ultimately obey him and what his calling is for us. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your truth and your word, Lord. We, we know it's easy sometimes to, to hear these things and assent to them intellectually, but I know I struggle, Lord, with the follow-through sometimes. So God, Teach us to, to listen to your word. Teach us to meditate on it. And ultimately, teach us to be obedient to your calling for us in all of our lives. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for the cross and your blood. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.